Hello, PolyM fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. And they all lived happily ever after. The <laughs> end. How many stories have you heard that end this way? The prince gets a princess. They go through a big ordeal to liberate them from a serious issue. They fall in love and, well, they live happily ever after. Then the story ends. But really, the story ends at just the beginning of their relationship. Do they really live together? Happily? Until death? Were they just wrapped up in NRE? Did they get married, have a few kids, go through ups and downs, lose their house, fall out of love, and finally divorce, going their own separate ways? We never really know, because the curtain call happens directly after their first ordeal. Maybe Prince Charming falls into the bottle and pisses away his kingdom on a gambling addiction. (laughs) Maybe an old fling comes back into the princess's life and she runs off to Vegas. Or perhaps they just spend a lot of years together have a great relationship, but eventually feel like maybe they work better as friends, so they just dissolve their partnership and continue through life as friends. So is the happily ever after possible? If so, is it the only way to measure success in a partnership? And if not, what makes a successful relationship? How do we actually measure success in our relationships? These are the sorts of things we will discuss today while we talk our poly off. Welcome to the discussion. I'm one of your hosts, Bella. And I'm a figment of your imagination, (laughs) Monsonhead. Before we get to that happily ever after. Yes. How's it going, Bella? It's good. Yeah? Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good. Uh Uh-huh. A little sore today. I started a couple weeks ago the Couch to 5K running app program. Yeah. I don't have a 5K that I'm signed up for. Um, I do know that there's a run in December that I can't quite make it to for travel reasons, but I'd love to run alongside while other people are doing it, Uh and I've never been able to run a 5K. I can walk a 5K, but I've never been able to run it from start to finish. What, 5K is 3.2 miles? About there. Yeah. So I started the Couch to 5K program last week, and this week I'm upping my jogging game, and I was doing it outdoors yesterday, the sun was out, and I'm feeling good. I can do a 5K without issue. Yeah? Not even winded. Okay. Yeah, I got a motorcycle in the garage. Just follow right along with (laughs) it. Just fly through? (laughs) Well, no, I want to be mindful of the other people doing the 5K. You have been doing pretty good, though, I must say. I'm excited. Yeah. How have you been? Super duper. Yeah? (laughs) I feel like that was a cheesy two-thumb-up. Super duper! I wasn't quite expecting the turnaround. Oh, now! What are they What's the saying? Turnabout's fair play? Mm -hmm. (gasps) Oh, I thought it was turnabout's foreplay. Oh, that was last week's episode. Oh, Or two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I have been pretty busy, so I haven't had the chance to socialize much, haven't had the chance to get out much, but, you know, the time will come. Right. I guess that was really kind of anticlimactic. (laughs) 
All right, so this week we are talking about what makes a successful relationship. Yeah. When we think about success in general, I mean, it literally means the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. So by that definition, it's up to you to determine what makes your relationship successful. You get to choose your aim or purpose and how a relationship measures up to that goal. In order to determine successful relationships, I think it's good to understand a few things like what is success and how do we measure it? Kind of important here. Right. To understand the first question, perhaps it's best to answer the second how do we measure success? Without plugging specifics into this whole relationship equation, let's discuss metrics. In business terms, metrics are measures of quantitative assessment commonly used for assessing or comparing and tracking performance or production. Essentially, it's a science of measuring based off the initial element, and the element in today's discussion is, of course, relationships. So by that explanation, the metrics for relationship success are really determinants decided by you based on how you see the successful relationship. It's all pretty abstract, so let's use the most common line of metrics used to determine relationship success in a monogamous relationship. The relationship escalator. <laughs> you know this one. You meet someone you like. You want to date them. Hope it goes well, based on your views of what a successful relationship is, and probably a ton of imprinted societal standards. You know the steps will essentially be something like dating, going steady, having sex, getting engaged, uh, moving in together, Getting a pet, tying the knot, sharing a bank account, having kids, taking a joint loan out for a car or a house, uh, growing old together, not to mention each anniversary. And the list really goes on. It does. And if you want to hear more about the relationship escalator, we did do a whole episode on it back in episode 16, if you want to go back and check that out. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good episode. We were eating cheese or something on that episode, right? Oh, I think it might have been around the cheesy episode. Oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so in ethical non-monogamy, though, some of these milestones or metrics can't or won't happen. Maybe you already live with a partner and don't have room for another. Maybe you prefer not to share a bank account because you aren't willing to sacrifice that autonomy you have with your financial independence. Perhaps you're already married or have chosen not to have kids, at least not with five different partners. That would be a lot of kids. That would be a lot of kids. And that's all A-okay. Each relationship type, each individual partnering, will have its own measurements or milestones. Standard metrics don't apply to every relationship, and that's cool. Perfect, actually. Totally preferred. Yeah. So we'll get into the details of metrics for relationships in a bit. For now, though, let's jump back to our first question. What is success? Ultimately, relationship success is when you hit the metrics you intend to hit with the onset of your new or existing relationship. And just like the milestones you agree upon, each success looks differently. A great example of a successful relationship, which doesn't look like the standard societal norm, mm -hmm. is perhaps you know somebody that you want to get familiar with, you want to be 
intimate with. You both agree with this, and you both want to just set up like a fling. Yeah. And then, like, no commitment, no recurring thing. Just, hey, you want to plan a night together, and we can just see where it takes us and go from there and, and have the fun we want to have, and then go back to being friends. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, really, it doesn't even have to change out of friends. You can still be just friends. Right, yeah. You know, playing around with it. Like, you don't have to even entertain the idea of we have to change it. Like, I think the relationship anarchists in polyamory and ethical non-monogamy have it nailed. They don't even need to put labels on things. They enjoy each relationship individually for what it is without forcing it into a box. Right. You know, it doesn't have to have all these traditional milestones, and the length absolutely doesn't equal their own happiness, so what makes them happy in each relationship is different. Right. You know, my relationship with you, I get so much joy and fun and laughter out of the role-playing games we play with D&D Pathfinder stuff. Uh-huh. To me, that is a measure of success for our relationship. We've not only played together in a campaign, but I've played with you in a campaign as a DM. Yeah. Yeah. And then another potentially successful relationship which would not hit all those milestones would be a successful long-distance relationship. Mm -hmm. Where, no, there's not going to be any plans of moving in together because you guys are hours apart as it is. And you don't need to have a shared bank account for any specific reason. Right. Like, there are... Plenty of the standard relationship escalator steps that you don't even need to take with a long-distance partner. However, that doesn't make it any less successful. Right. In fact, you're going to run an entire different set of metrics together to make your relationship successful. Yeah. And it could last as long or as little as you want. I had a partner who lives across the country, and we... We didn't quite know how to long distance. This was some years back. Yeah. We didn't quite know how to long distance, but we still kind of checked in with each other and and we're trying to figure out how is this going to look or how do we relationship where we have an entire country between us. (laughs) And we made it work for however long that we felt it was best. And then when, when, one or the other of us or both of us were ready for it to be done it was done yeah and we stayed friends and that was that and it was successful and i still very i still feel a lot of good feeling and memory toward that experience in my life i would never once call it a failure right well i mean honestly if you think about us if we were to end tomorrow we didn't hit any, well, not any of them. We hit one by moving in together. But we didn't hit all these relationship escalators. We're not going to have kids. We're not going to legally marry. We're not going to do some of these things. Right. But if we ended tomorrow, I would still say we had a successful relationship. I agree. You know, and we could do that. Maybe not tomorrow, <laughs> but next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so maybe we should plan to break up next Tuesday. <laughs> you really wanted to do I want to break, break up, up with you so bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh no, I hope there's no new listeners. <laughs> right, so those are just a couple of different aspects of successful relationships which don't follow the patterns dictated by societal norms. Yeah. So talking about all of these different relationship types that are successful but don't maybe follow along with the escalator, when I think about even starting to figure out what makes my relationship successful, I first look at what makes me happy. I mean, what brings me joy? Is it D&D and Pathfinder? What is it that actually connects me to the person? Basically, you kind of want to Marie Kondo your relationships. <laughs> so, for anyone that might not know who Marie Kondo is, you want to give a little bit on that? I know that we've mentioned her in the past. Well, yeah, Marie Kondo is an organizing consultant, uh, and she's written some books. She's an author. And she basically says when you're trying to organize your house or your closet or anything in your life, you end up putting things in piles and going through her whole process, which is amazing, and you should check out all of her stuff. But you basically go item by item, and you look at it, and you ask yourself, does this item bring me joy? Does it make me happy? If it's a no, it goes in one of the toss-out piles, whether it's a donator trash or whatever. Throw it the fuck away. So you literally go item by item through your life and ask, does this bring me joy? So think of your relationships that way. Is it making you happy? Is it bringing joy to your life in some way? Cool. Then perhaps it's successful, even though it was only six months. Right. Okay. So I am familiar with Marie Kondo only because in addition to all the stuff you read, you'd watch this show, <laughs> a reality TV show. She goes into people's houses, digs through their shit, <laughs> and has these people do this stuff. Yes. So... I actually think it's kind of neat. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. Continue, please. <laughs> now, if my internal and personal goal in life was to, I don't know, let's say, make as much money as possible, and that's what would truly make me happy and bring me joy, then perhaps I can say my relationship is successful if I've married into a dynamic with a billionaire and nothing else matters. But just for fun, let's say I'm more interested in living a life full of personal growth, adventure, laughter, and respect then I will judge my relationships against those core values and goals. I really like how that brought out the inner Bella. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. What does that inner Bella you're look like, like? If I wanted to be happy and money made me happy, I'm going to marry some rich motherfucker. <laughs> it wasn't like I'm going to work hard or I'm going to go back no. to school and get a different degree. You're sugar like, daddy! That. Yeah. <laughs> I want a sugar daddy. Well, keep looking. I know. <laughs> I hit rock bottom here. Ouch. So I'm now single for anyone out there who's maybe interested in dating someone who's rock bottom. Rock bottom. <laughs> so let's dive into the idea of the metrics. Let's get a look at how to build success by taking time to understand how or where these metrics are derived. A number of people generally have poor metrics or measurements for success in their romantic lives. They want to judge their success based on how often they date, how many partners they have, mm -hmm. how attractive their date is, if they're having sex, how many times they're having sex. And so it's no coincidence the people with these yardsticks are typically 
the same ones who struggle in relationships. Yeah, absolutely. It's, Almost like they're looking for that surface level and they're finding it, but it only sustains them for so long. Right. I mean, if we played a game of like, what if, right? What if Jason Momoa wants to date you? <laughs> But he's a total asshole. I don't know if he is or not. I'm just... <laughs> I know that Bella gets wet for Jason Momoa. Yeah, he's hot. So I'm using that example. <laughs> so he wants to date you, but he's an asshole. He doesn't tip. He blurts out curse words. He picks his nose. I don't know whatever it is <laughs> that's going to make you irritated right. as hell, right? Is it worth it to keep saying, oh, but I'm dating Jason Momoa, if really he's some terrible person right no. and jason if you're listening <laughs> you're just a great example keep up good work <laughs> and no absolutely not you know it might be fun that first time we go out and it's cool and then i see his true colors and then i'd be like oh this is terrible and i'm not going to be happy staying in this right so if you set your yardstick on well i'm hanging off the arm of this well-chiseled beauty <laughs> and that's your only yardstick and then all of these other interpersonal or interrelationship problems happen then yeah there's going to be struggle and there's going to be failure and you're not going to be able to find that success you're looking for i think you mentioned last episode the episode before last where you were partnered with somebody who had to have a partner every day of the week. Right. You were partnered with somebody who expected sex like that. Yeah. That's also another big sign of perhaps troublesome milestones or troublesome goals. Yeah. Well, troublesome metrics. Goals and metrics not aligned with each other. And I think that's a big, a big thing to understand is if your metric is just to have a lot of sex, there's really nothing wrong with that no, not by at itself. All. But if the metric of having a lot of sex doesn't mesh with the partner, and the partner doesn't agree to it or doesn't want to get involved in that, then that's where the problem happens. It's a mismatching or not fully connecting because you have two different ideas of what the metrics of the relationship are. Absolutely. And, you know, it comes back again to that communication thing we always preach about. If these successful mile markers, so to speak, aren't discussed early on and one person's in it for love and adventure and all these other things and one person thinks of it as, hey, this is just a friends with benefits hookup situation and that's cool and successful to me. But they never get on the same page with it. Right. Both of them are going to feel like it's failing. Yeah. And then you also mentioned adventure. What if the other partner is looking for someone to be stable with? Right. You know, in a way, I guess, to kind of deviate from the original points of discussion here, what we really want to understand is that your metrics match up. Or at least to a degree. Right. And that there might be some where you could compromise a little. And some that maybe aren't so important once you get into the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like our KTT where we 
meet regularly to have discussions to see where we're at. Because where you're at at the beginning of the relationship is probably going to change in a year or two years or five years. Right. Well, and I think in a monogamous relationship, a lot of these things are assumed. Yeah. You don't always, some people do, but you don't always talk about, you know, what do you think makes this relationship successful? Because you're on track to do all the escalator things. That's what the typical monogamous society tells us to do. Right. That's what's expected of you. Right. So you don't talk about it. So coming into the the ethical non-monogamy, polyamory world where we talk about everything, these are good things to know up front and know that they're going to be different. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want to say that all of this is based on sex or the number of partners specifically. I mean, if, if you feel like your metric is that you will be happy in a successful relationship after you and the specific partner you're working with in the moment have decided we need a condo and we need a beach house and we need an Escalade in each driveway and in a car to tool around in. And, and we also need a ranch with 37 horses. <laughs> and I mean, if you want to pay attention to all aspects of your, your metrics, you want to be mindful of what each part of that is going to come into play on how you're going to measure your success. If you feel like you can't have a successful relationship and be poor, then naturally, until you're rich, you're not going to be happy with that partner. Right. And the same can be said with the adventure thing. If one of your milestones is that you want to hit every state in the United States and your partner doesn't really want to leave the state you guys are in, you're going to feel like you're not finding that success. So however you look at it, it would help to be mindful of each different aspect of your relationship puzzle. Right. Each piece is going to help you see the whole picture. So each piece is each metric it's going to create your goal or your successful relationship and if you can't get that whole picture together then eventually it's going to get frustrating you're just going to tear it apart because you're missing pieces right i mean these are basically your core value they're your relationship values yeah you know just like people talk about you know their religion and um other family values when they get together in the monogamy world here we want to talk about our relationship milestones and happy markers and things like that so that way we can get on the same page with them you know it's these are the things i hold true and important and i value them the most and even clarifying it You know, if we're dating and I'm like, oh, yeah, I really value adventure and that needs to be a part of a happy, successful relationship for me. And you're like, yeah, me too, me too. But my idea of adventure is Pokemon Go and geocaching around the area. And your idea of adventure is exotic travels around the world. Skydiving. Skydiving, bungee jumping. Behind enemy lines. That kind of thing. And we're both like, yeah, totally adventure, woo, fist bump. And we don't really clarify and talk about it 
then we're going to find out later that we had very different ideas of what adventure means. Right, and I'm going to be like, hey, are we going to go bungee jumping? You want to go bungee jumping? <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, but I'm really tired of this Pokemon Go crap. <laughs> like, can we do something? Right. This is not something. <laughs> so, yeah. I actually like Pokemon Go. I just <laughs> put that out there real quick. <laughs> Okay, so we've talked about intimate expectations or intimate metrics. Mm -hmm. We've talked about briefly about the number of partners. We've talked about financial success. Right. One of the things in determining a successful relationship that is almost always a constant is the length of time in which the relationship happens. Right. Almost everyone, most everyone, a lot of people, however you want to put it, a ton of people believe that a relationship is successful until it's not. Right. And then it's a failure. Or it's only successful if you cross the finish line of death with that person. Yeah. Right? So what are your feelings about success in a relationship and its length of time like the coordination between the two right what do you think about that i mean i said it earlier but the relationship length does not equal the relationship happiness so i was reading it somewhere uh somebody was talking about how it's looked at this generation as being just lazy with their relationships right the newest generation they give up on everybody so quick and so fast and our, when we step back and look at it, and oh, back in my day, nobody got divorced and all these things. If we step back and look at it, maybe nobody got divorced, but is it because they were truly happy or because it was not societally accepted? Their relationship may have gone the long term, but they might have been miserable. Sure, there's totally couples out there, grandparents who are fantastic married the whole time and learned to love each other. Right. Or are the millennials just realizing that, hey, my boundaries are being broke. I don't feel safe with this person. We're not on the same page. I'm not happy. I'm not going to push this issue because I have to make it a long time. I think there's a number of factors that go into that. I could see both sides of the argument. And I feel like I have seen both sides of the argument where you know, the the long-term old people have been together for 60 years mm -hmm. partially because they weren't allowed to divorce or right. it was taboo to divorce. I've also seen it to where they're happily married and they just learn to deal with each other's idiosynchronicities, mm -hmm. you know. And at their 50th anniversary party, they tell some wonderful stories about each other. Right. Or they give you insight on how to build a relationship with depth. So I've seen both sides of that. And on the millennial side or the younger generations that are part of our active world now, mm -hmm. I've also seen the side where the millennials maybe just thinking too much about themselves, or they're not willing to put effort into it. The lazy generation. Right. I've seen that. I've also seen, as you were saying, 
the ones who are who carry enough emotional intelligence to understand that they don't need to have their boundaries broken and they will love and care as long as they want and can but they're not going to sacrifice a life for someone who maybe doesn't appreciate it totally so on each spectrum i've seen various sides yeah absolutely and there's going to be people all along the spectrum too without hitting the extreme ends but in general i think the idea of relationships is growing just like we've seen ethical non-monogamy kind of skyrocket and grow over the last 20 years or so and it's coming out in media and whatnot i think we're also seeing that you can still consider a relationship successful if it's a short amount of time right were you super happy and everything was amazing and you were respected and you were communicating and you were intimate and had a great sex life and three months down the road it just kind of fizzled out, still good friends, not really the same, and you decided to part ways. Mm-hmm. That was an excellent three months. Yeah. Way to go, high five, good job. Totally a success. Doesn't have to last until death. And I've seen a lot more of that too. Like when a relationship is over, high five, good job, right? Hey, we had a good run. It hasn't always been that way. Yeah. Historically, especially, and I'm not knocking on monogamy because, I mean, we all do things our way. But because monogamy is the commonly known standard here, I'm going to use that example. Yeah. In the monogamous mindsets, the the culture behind or the societal standards built into relationships have been, it's good, it's good, it's all together, everything's successful, you're breaking up, it's failed. Right. And now, the two people involved, because maybe they haven't been so mindful on the course of the relationship, are upset, and they feel rejected, they feel damaged, they feel heartbroken, they feel all those terrible feelings that someone who feels like a failure feels. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's when they start slinging mud and talking shit and all of those things that try to make someone else look bad so they don't feel like they failed alone. Right. Right? And so that's one of the aspects about, you know, especially the younger generation that's like, hey, we had a good run, high five. You know, versus you broke my heart. No one can trust you. You're a terrible person. You're a piece of shit. I hate you. I'm going to tell everyone you have a small dick or you're a dead fish in sex or whatever (laughs) all the crap is to do all the damage. So that was kind of a tangent, though. Let's run back to the length of time versus the amount of success. Mm -hmm. And... I think that some of the most beautiful relationships I've seen aren't the long forever ones. Right. They run their course. They finalize amicably. And life goes on. Mm -hmm. The people who are in the relationship, they might need some time apart for a while. But eventually you can start seeing them in social circles together again. Just hanging out as friends. And maybe even revisiting that relationship once or twice, you know, for old time's sakes or whatever you want to do it for. Right. 
Well, and that's also a funny point, because back in the day, before all this was kind of coming out as more mainstream, it was always, you know, you break up with them, don't go back. You know, like, once a dog, always a dog. Right. Kind of a mindset. Versus having that amicable breakup, of course it's totally different if it's an abusive relationship. But if this is just a relationship that's run its course, and you amicably split, and everything's fine, you need a little space because your heart's broken and it still sucks, but then you come back together and it's like, hey, old friend, like, I know you intimately, this is feeling good, let's have a fun night, and it can just be a fun night, and you can acknowledge it for what it is. All right, yeah. Or the relationship can start back up. Yeah. I mean, either way, it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure here. Totally. And that's, I think, one of the cool things about figuring out what you want to see in a relationship as far as success goes. Yeah. So, with this discussion on the length of time not equaling success... Here are some better ways that might help you measure a successful relationship. Uh, having healthy boundaries. Does your relationship have a healthy sex life? Is there respect for each other? Do you take each other out on date nights? And is there balance between alone time and couple time? Mm -hmm. All of those are good markers for making successful relationship that have nothing to do with time. <laughs> right reflecting on your time together you know how many times has my partner crossed a boundary and we've fought about it okay or something like that and i mean you know healthy sex life sure i don't want to sit there and like count how many times but are we intimate you know do we have moments like that and i think a lot of it's just kind of reflection okay you can't really measure respect for each other but if i look back and i'm like man he treats me like crap in front of his friends. That's not very respectful. Right. So it's not really like a smart goal, you know, those small, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timed smart goals. You can't really measure some of these, uh, but I think that they're good things to keep in mind for when you're thinking about whether the relationship was a success or not. I see. So basically, these examples are not so much a linear thing, like you're saying with the smart, but but more of a broad stroke brush. Like, I want to make sure that I have the healthy boundaries and that I have a partner that respects me enough to observe those things. Yeah. Or, you know, if we continue to do date nights, we're continuing to build memories and we don't necessarily even need the linear measurements, the linear milestones that say, okay, we've accomplished this goal. Now we need to move on to this goal. Right. We got the cat. <laughs> now we need to have a joint bank account. Right. Right. So it's not even so much that. And it's a little more just kind of, I guess if you're thinking about it in a way, we're almost continuously checking in with each other absolutely or continuously checking in with ourselves about each other yeah each other and the relationship as a whole you know how do where do we stand are we still doing this well does this need improving oh almost like as if we were doing a ktt a ktt a yeah. kitchen table talk 
And then I do have just some bonus tips here for some extra takeaways. Uh, just some tips to help build a stronger relationship since we're kind of looking at happiness and joy and what makes a successful relationship. Well, if you're struggling a little bit, here's some tips to just make it a little bit stronger. All right. So having that genuine friendship within your relationship, within your romantic relationship, really helps you to kind of connect with your partner on that friend level. That's actually one of the things that I feel is most important when I'm developing a relationship. I want to feel like I have a friend. Right. First and foremost. Because it goes back to what we were saying with, you know, they're super smart or they're super pretty, but you can't stand to be around them. Right. If you can't do friend things and if you can't be pals, then what kind of connection am I going to get with that intimacy? Yeah. That's just me. I know that some people don't care so much about that, but when I'm trying to actively mindfully think about my relationships, that's a big deal for me. Yeah. And then of course, letting go of the ego or the need to be right all the time, build intimacy and make time for each other, enjoy shared goals and lifestyle, and also taking time for yourself as an individual. Right. I think oftentimes we get so caught up in life as a couple that we do all these things together and we forget to kind of have our own lives still too. Not you I know, and I. I know <laughs> I do that in relationships all the time. I mean, not this one. Oh, of clearly. No, I think that we generally do try to maintain our own individuality. I think that we've worked on that quite a bit. Yeah. I know that when we first got together, I feel like you needed it more than I did. And I was kind of closer to the relationship escalator feelings. Yeah. And you're a little bit more like, no, bitch, get the fuck out. <laughs> I do think that over these last few years, that role has kind of reversed. Mm -hmm. And I'm all like, I'm a free spirit. And you're like, no, come back. <laughs> Shane, Shane, come back. <laughs> and then also the... Um, that kind of goes into the enjoy the shared goals and lifestyle. Now, what we're talking about is relationships. One of the things that we frequently say is that your relationship goes the way that you would want, ideally. So the shared goals and lifestyles doesn't have to mean that you're connected at the hip and you both want that little pink house in the middle <laughs> of America, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to work every bit of your existence toward one common right. goal. Like, just enough to work comfortably in your relationship. If your shared goal and lifestyle is to just meet up once a week, that's cool. Totally. If your shared goal and lifestyle is to win the Nobel Peace Prize together, <laughs> also cool. <laughs> So it's it's not as broad stroke as it sounds. Right, and it can even be smaller things within your like life together. For example, I'm on a weight loss journey, and I know that you share that goal with me. Mm -hmm. You're supportive of my lifestyle around it and some making of some food and exercise changes. So while that's not like the focus of our relationship, we still enjoy that shared goal and lifestyle together. Right, and if we weren't so close 
I could be a partner who would say, hey, that's great. I'm glad for you. While you go do your fitness stuff, I'm going to go golfing. So, I mean, like, and what I was saying is realistically, you know best how you want each of your relationships to work. And you'd be the most knowledgeable on which benchmarks or metrics, if any, would suit each of your relationships in order for you to build them into successful, happy times for your life. Whether they last a lifetime, just one night, or somewhere in between. We couldn't tell you how to have successful relationships with a cookie-cutter method. We're just trying to help you see and consciously consider each partnership as its own thing and to mindfully craft each partnership in a way which ends up being a successful experience for you and your partner. We're simply trying to help strengthen the emotional ties throughout the poly community in a way where we're all growing and learning, actively and mindfully loving, which not only help each of us, but also lift the world around us just a little bit. Yeah, our goal is to build connection with intention, and this discussion is one of our metrics for achieving that goal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so when you were talking about crafting what was it you said? Uh, 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 uh. Crafting each partnership in a way. That one. Crafting each partnership. As you were saying that, all I could think of is that stupid scene in Ghost where Demi Moore's crafting the pottery. Right. And Ghost Patrick Swayze comes up behind her. <laughs> of course. And then they have like ghost sex or something <laughs> while making pottery. Yes. Yeah. Pottery ghost sex. So the pottery is each relationship. Yeah. So basically... It. Our goal is to have ghost sex with you. Yes. Can I be Patrick Swayze? That's weird. I want to do his dancing, his dirty dancing. You could do that, sure. Okay. But I'm not going to be doing more. I can't hug you from behind and... Sure. Mold our relationship and You want to hug me from behind and grab my clay stick? That's fine. <laughs> Reach around? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we talked about a lot of specific things important things, definite aspects on mindful relationship building. Yeah, absolutely. But I also feel like some of this was really vague. <laughs> it kind of was. Right? We're like, we're going to tell you specifically how to do that thing with the thing. <laughs> Which means this big bad thing over here. Right. We want to avoid that big bad thing. <laughs> so if you want to know those things then you want to hear the specific instruction that we're going to give you that we're going to kind of broaden up to fit everybody's needs all yeah, at once. Yeah. yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. I liked it a lot. <laughs> Do you think that if it was clay pottery down, that it's relatively easy to get? I mean, some of our discussion, was there any point in which you were confused? I mean, we talked about metrics a lot. And I always go to business mode when we talk about metrics. Yeah. So trying to switch my brain set to relationship and loving type metrics was a bit tricky in my head for You're a minute. Welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. But no, I think in, I'm hoping people understand what we're saying. Did you understand what you were saying? Some. <laughs> Perfect. That's good enough for me. I may have gotten a little out there with the matrix discussion. I've been doing a lot of extra things at work. Yeah. But. With metrics. <laughs> actually, 
well, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I've been setting up a safety program, which requires a lot of measurable success. Right. However, <laughs> none of what we talked about today was directly influenced by... It wasn't like I just finished reading an OSHA log and right. I was like, oh, I need to use that word. Oh, and I need to use that. Like, none of it is actually directly influenced. I think I just kind of got off on this tangent because I was talking about measurable in the beginning and it just felt right <laughs> To dive into my old business classes and totally. pull metrics out of it. I don't know. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> You're welcome. And, of course, we put a couple of articles in our show notes for you to check out. You can also find our multiple social media venues down in those notes or on our website at www.ilovepoly.org so you can get in touch with us and connect with this beautiful community we are all a part of. Can we play a fun game real quick? I'm scared. I want to play Would You Rather. Oh, no. All right. And let's tie it to this discussion. Yep, I'm following. Would you rather marry someone who you deeply love or someone who makes a lot of money? Deeply love. Why? Because the money will run out. <laughs> the love is endless. Not if it's like Warren Buffett. No, it'd run out. It's fine. It's fine. I love love. Would you rather have a career you hate and make lots of money or make an average income and do something you love? Do something I love, for sure. I had a good career that was making lots of money and I was full of stress and anxiety and I would take my work home with me and I would have nightmares about work and it was fucking awful. I was making bank and I was so stressed. I gained a bunch of weight. It was just not a good time. I would much rather do something I love and enjoy the day because you spend so much time at work. You really do. <laughs> okay, I got one for you. Oh, okay, go ahead. Would you rather be famous for something that doesn't matter, like being on a reality TV show? Or a podcast. Or a podcast, doesn't really matter. Or be unknown and work on something that is deeply important to you? I kind of have done both. And I would much rather work on the thing that's deeply important to me. Yeah. Maybe it's one that you can do together. Because it matters. It does matter. What do you mean one you can do together? <laughs> they can't see my finger gestures. One that could be deeply important to you and you could be famous for it. Well, I think it's supposed to be an either or thing. I know. It's a would you rather. But what if they could be mushed together? Well, then that takes away the... Would you rather? And that just adds, why not both? <laughs> Which defeats the purpose of the game. All right, Buzzkill. Or Logic Master. <laughs> logic Master? Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Huh. Would you rather date someone who complimented you on your looks a lot or was impressed by your intelligence a lot? For sure my intelligence. I've dated someone who constantly commented on how beautiful I am, so pretty, your face is whatever, like, <laughs> and I just... The partner said, your face is your so face whatever. so whatever. Oh, I and just I love like, looking at that whatever oh, face of yours. Thanks, I guess. I grew it myself. <laughs> 
but someone who acknowledges and loves and appreciates my intelligence. I think that's deeper. You're so pretty. Thanks, logic master. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Let's see if my own tonight. I figured. <laughs> Feel like there's like a beam coming out of your eyeballs. You got any other would you rather? No. I kind of asked this one with the Jason Momoa thing, but would you date someone who's incredibly good looking but is immature and boring, or someone who's average looking physically but you're always happy when you are around them? I want to be happy when I'm around someone. I'm not. A down and out kind of person and if they're immature and boring <laughs> I don't know that I could survive okay well if you don't have any more we can call this game and close and I think that's also all we've got for this episode so until we break up next week <laughs> I feel like that might be early we might need to record it early <laughs> We will see you next Tuesday. Bye now. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsada. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepoly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepoly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And, and love, love without, without limits. limits.